Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? said to him, we are able. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink. And with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. And so while they didn't know what they were asking, Jesus says, yeah, he gives them a prophecy of their own lives. You're going to drink a cup similar to what I'm going to drink. And we know James was one of the first martyrs in the church, brutally killed. I won't go into that again today. And while John wasn't martyred, think about what that poor man went through. He was tortured. He was, they tried to boil him alive in a vat of oil, and God spared him. And why? Probably because he had him, uh, kept him alive to write the book of Revelation. But what, where was he when he wrote that book? In prison, <laughs> on a desolate island. John went through a lot himself. But you know, this is the other thing. Our sin often impacts others in ways we don't understand, we, in ways we don't fully understand. And this is another great lesson for you and me. Because, you know, it's God who raises up people in church, in life, in ministry. It's God who raises us up. We don't raise ourselves up. We, don't, we shouldn't wrestle and jockey for position. Because when we do, it impacts everyone else around us. Look at this. Verse 41. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. Understand this, that word, there's a single Greek word used for the greatly displeased. And what it means is indignation, anger, or rage. Ten of the disciples were in anger and had rage towards two of the disciples because they were fighting and wrestling for position. I'm so glad we never see that in the church today. It's just an awesome thing that we never see that in the church today. But you know, this is what happens when people jostle for position. And it has ripple effects. It's like when you throw a stone into water, into placid, still water. You throw a stone, and what happens? Big splash, and then the ripples. And they continue outward. One person can cause so many ripples in the church. One person. You know, I saw this growing up. I saw so many, you know, we call it church politics. But I saw two church splits growing up in a small little church. And I, it just broke my heart because I was on fire for the Lord. I was a 12-year-old kid who really was trying to serve the Lord. And I watched all these adults be idiots. Can I say idiot from the pulpit? But they were and they destroyed so many of my friends and myself. We just hated it. We wanted nothing to do with church. After the second church split, I was done. I wanted nothing to do with religion. I loved Jesus, but man, I didn't like his people. I didn't like his church. And as a kid, it really drove me away. And I, again, I have responsibility. Even as a 12, 13-year-old, I made bad decisions. That's my own flesh, my own sin. But my goodness... It was so ugly to me. It hurt so bad to watch adults who were supposed to love Jesus, who told me from the pulpit, who, who told me all the time in church that, you know, they loved the Lord and they were Christians and they fight and bicker all the time. But it's a common problem in churches. 
And I was looking into this and I found a little bit of a humorous thing, not to make light of it, but just to lighten the mood maybe. Um, I found a list of, uh, it was about 50 things that churches got in fights over, where there were church splits or near church splits, but I just wrote down 10 of them here. The first one I wrote down is kind of funny. There was a near church split over the length of a pastor's beard. In the comment card, just tell me how long you want it. I'll try to appease everybody. But isn't that ridiculous? Then another one said that two deacons got in a fist fight in the parking lot because one uh, blamed the other of sending an anonymous letter. And that's a true story. Then another is there was an argument in the church that led to several people leaving the church because one person wanted to put a clock in the church entryway and others didn't want it, said it was unholy. No jokes, but I'll I'll move on. But then there was a 45-minute heated argument at a church over the color of a filing cabinet that they were going to put in the office, and it caused one person to quit the church. Well, these are serious issues, you know. Then there was another huge blow-up because of cran grape juice was used in communion rather than just plain grape juice. (laughs) What do we use today? Hey, don't get upset. We don't even know. Mystery juice. We'll just use whatever we can get our hands on. But can you believe that? Now, here's the thing. A major church split happened because of the type of coffee and syrup that was served. Rip out the coffee. You know, like Pastor Chuck, when they were, you know, worried about the carpet getting stained, he said, rip out the carpet. I mean, get rid of the coffee then. If you can't agree, you know, then you couldn't stay awake for my sermons. But, you know, hopefully we can all agree on coffee and syrup. Well, another one is, oh, man. This one, really, this is hilarious, but it's so sad. A church literally almost split over the term potluck because the word luck is pagan and it ought to be called pot blessing. (laughs) And then my sarcastic side was like, well, the word pot's still in there. What are you going to do with that? (laughs) Then there was a church split over the use of the copy machine. Sounds reasonable. How about this one? A near church split over fake plants versus real plants in the sanctuary. And then my favorite, or I I should say my least favorite of all, which is what I went through as a kid, the first church split I went through as a kid where I'm really trying to serve Jesus, they couldn't agree on the color and the type of carpet. And they literally split over that. And I'm not exaggerating, that's exactly what happened. I was told later, oh yeah, it was also because people were offended because the last time they lost a vote and all of this. That's why, look, I can see how people in the book of Acts can see a church being led by elders. I see that. In Calvary Chapel, we have what's called the Moses model where we see a pastor who leads and then supported by elders and deacons and others. But I do not see anywhere in Scripture where the congregation is supposed to lead. Every time in the Old Testament when the congregation, the, the, the majority got their way, you know, they ended up, what, dancing around fires with a golden calf and things like that. It's not good. But, you know, we had this church where, I guess, a vote happened and a whole group of people were angry. And then the next time when the vote came up about the carpet, they got in a fight and they split the church. And again, I was 12 years old, 13 years old. I couldn't understand what was going on. How come I can't go to church over there anymore? It's just wicked. And you know, before you say, well, my issue is so much more serious than that, I just want us to think about something. Because we laugh at these, and they are sad, funny but sad. But you know, I bet 95% of our issues that we think are issues are probably silly to God in the church. You know, we think we have some kind of case. We, you know, we're going to stand on our ground. And, and the Lord's looking at us going, what are you arguing over? What are you fighting over? Now, I'm not talking about, you know, moral issues or heresy or conduct. I'm talking about all those silly issues that we, you know, hold on to because of our own pride. And I hate it. And, you know, here's the thing. What causes church division? What causes this? 
Our own flesh, yes, but this is the tool of the enemy. Do you understand? The enemy, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but his favorite tool in the church is division. And what he'll do is he'll find a straggler. He'll find one person. He will poke at your weakness. He'll find the weakest point in your heart, the place where you're most vulnerable, and he will go right at that. And you'll build a case in your head, and the whole time you're being instigated by the enemy, you don't even realize it, and what you need to do is be like Jesus and serve and love. You know, it reminds me of that old Christian song, They will know we are Christians by our hate, gossip, backbiting, church splits, and arguments. They will know we are Christians by our gossip, backbiting, church splits, and arguments. Is that how the song goes? Sorry for my singing. No, Jesus said, they will know you're mine by your love one to another. Not by, you know, arguing and fighting and bickering and splitting and division. But unfortunately, that's what happens. But you know, when we serve in love, when we truly serve and we love our fellow man, our fellow woman, our brothers and sisters, beautiful things happen. You know, I told you before I collect stories, and I had to kind of edit this one up to fit, but I think this is a beautiful little story, and I I just want you to listen, because I think it just, there's some valuable lessons about serving and loving. It starts this way, a man was driving his old beat-up car, praying and singing to the Lord, when he saw an older lady who was obviously not from around there, stranded on the side of the road. He saw that she needed help, so he stopped, that old beat-up car, near her brand-new BMW and got out. He smiled, but while approaching her, he could tell she was worried because nobody had stopped for hours, there was no cell phone coverage, and his appearance was a little shabby, and he looked awful poor. So she was afraid she was going to be robbed. He could see how frightened she was, so he tried to calm her, and he said, Ma'am, my name is Brian Anderson, and I'm here to help you. It kind of relieved her, and she said, Okay, well, my tire's flat. So he crawled under the car, Changed the tire, and while he did, he got dirtier than he already was, cut his hand, but got up with a smile. He said, well, all done. And she said, well, let me compensate you. And he said, no, ma'am, if you really want to compensate me, if you want to pay me back, the next time you see someone who needs help, help them. God bless. And went on his way. A week later, the lady was traveling back through the little town and decided to stop by a small cafe on Main Street. Her waitress was nearly eight months pregnant and doing her best to serve several tables. The waitress, though, had a sweet and friendly smile, and although she had clearly spent the whole day on her feet, she was so kind and considerate to this older lady. The lady wondered how someone who had so little could be so kind and so giving to a stranger. But then she remembered Brian Anderson. The lady finished her meal and paid with a $100 bill. It was only an $8 bill, and the waitress went to give her a change, and when she came back, the lady was gone, and she left a note on the napkin that says, you don't owe me anything. Somebody once helped me, just like now I'm helping you. If you really want to pay me back, Do not let this chain of love end with you. God bless. The waitress found four more $100 bills under the napkin. That night, the waitress came home. She was thinking about the lady and the money she had left, and she was thanking God for the blessing. She was wondering how the lady could know the exact amount her and her husband needed. They were $400 short on rent, and her husband's new job didn't start for another week. Not only that, but she was due with her baby in a little over a month and needed a few more things for him. So she was excited to tell her husband because she knew he was worried about the money and she couldn't wait to tell him the good news that God had answered their prayers. She arrived home and she kissed him. She explained the whole story and she said, God is so good and now everything's going to be okay, honey. She kissed him and said, I love you, Brian. And he kissed her and said, I love you too, Mrs. Anderson. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m.
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, GolgothaFellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A Fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.